Yeah, hey, Alex. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. So I was uh, on the couch late, late, late at night yesterday, um, watching the start of the Women's World Cup, which I think is going to be a great tournament. Um, and I'm excited to actually see how uh, Australia and New Zealand end up um, hosting it and how it's going to play out in the U.S. with such a time zone difference. But that's not the point. I was sitting on the couch. It was like 11 p.m. I was definitely setting to shoot myself in the foot with a baby who was surely going to wake up at 6 in the morning and ruin my, <laughs> and ruin my, my, uh, my morning that way. But you know what I saw? I saw a whole bunch of really good brand advertising right right there at the top i mean think about it it's 11 p.m on the west coast it's god knows what 2 a.m on the east coast and i saw lays and bmo harris and or bmo bank and um, a few other um kind of big brands really putting forward some good kind of custom meat ad advertising uh right at the top for for the women's world cup and i um you know it made me just think uh, of the power of uh, of that kind of work because you know some of these brands I I haven't I mean maybe I've heard of them sort of tangentially but like they're not in my sphere of awareness really day in and day out and here I was paying attention to them because they made they made the ads be relevant to to the sporting event and really they showed showcase that they are supporters of um, women's sports of gender equality like they were super tangible with um with their kind of advertising and, and sh telling telling me and other viewers how 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 they um stand behind uh, um women and girls sports and it's just kind of really created a, like a bunch of positive vibes as i was watching this and uh you know brand advertising what do you know it it helps uh, it helps brands uh stand out uh who would have thought Comes Brands stand out, stay relevant, become uh, become something you actually pay attention to and you care about. Welcome to the 30-Minute CMO Podcast. My name is Gorsha Huchua, and uh, I'm joined by my friend and partner, Alex McNamara. Alex, we are uh, in the middle of the summer here to talk about all things brand advertising. Yes, it's a heat wave. Uh, right now and it is it is the peak of summer and i'm very much enjoying shorts and t-shirts before we go back to the pacific northwest winter are you enjoying also uh, not living brand campaign <laughs> are you also enjoying not living in phoenix arizona right now i am enjoying i usually typically enjoy not living in phoenix arizona but now especially what 18 days consecutive above 110 yeah Oof. yeah that just that that just sounds terrible to be honest and i mean it's um it's been like a solid uh 90 90 90 or so here in la and uh i thought that was warm but yeah wow. not 110 um but um alex uh, as as the kind of the little segue the at the top of the show suggested that we're we're, we're going to talk about uh brand advertising and really the thing that um I think brought this topic to the forefront for for me was an article I read uh, in Ad Exchanger. Kudos to them for um, for bringing this to light. And actually, they themselves are referencing a podcast that was done with uh, Jennifer Hyman. She's the co-founder and CEO of a company called Rent the Runway. Um, kind of one of these classic, more at this point, old school, I think, um, DTC uh, e-commerce brands, and uh, she 
surface is a very, I think, timely um, idea or thought that you and I have been touching on over and over and over again, even in our last last show with uh, Out of times. Home. Many yeah, times. many times. But she just kind of says that performance marketing, and I quote her, performance marketing and growth hacking ruined the generation of startups. And that just resonated with me because, man, I agree. I, I, I feel yeah. like uh, the world of marketing has lost its creativity. It has really fallen prey to this idea that you can collapse the funnel, that you can do performance marketing and you can do the job of brand marketing all in, all in one fell swoop. And honestly, everyone who doesn't do, uh, you know, social media and Google um, and thinks about other channels is just, a, you know, old timer and maybe a borderline idiot. Yeah, it just kind of made me think that this is a good one to discuss. Out of home. Out of home, baby. Out of home. <laughs> no, I think it's this is a great uh, this is a great quote, a great uh, provocative point of view. And it's uh, from what I think is 100 percent right. I think um, in the article, it um, it references if you are a uh, startup backed by a VC, you would base in 22,009, you're basically told to go onto Facebook and Google and put all your money into that to leverage their excellent targeting, which, you know, by and large, that's why they collect 80% of all digital ad um, spend because their targeting is seconds to none. Um, they've built these machines that can find who who, what, where, anywhere, um, in order to make sales. And I think it became so easy to mistake performance and, and direct to, you know, direct to sale, direct to conversion, um, ad advertising for brand building. And just because your ad is out there and your product is out there and your, your brand is out there means that you're building a brand. And I think this is a great topic for us to. So as someone who's done both creative advertising for brand building and at the complete other end of the funnel doing mobile performance advertising, I think this is a really interesting topic for us to dive into and, um, and dissect because clearly there's a reason why brands still um, do a lot of brand advertising, like you know Apple putting up a campaign with almost zero branding and Nike as well, but they've earned the right to be able to do that. But you also have to have sales. You need to be able to sell the product in order to stay alive. So where and how you, you think about those two things is, is super important. Yeah. I, uh, think that the funnel still exists for a reason and to remind, to remind our fellow listeners that, you know, in the classic marketing funnel, you have awareness, a kind of the the thing that you spend money and time on trying to get people just to generally know what your brand that your brand exists and what it stands for you have consideration which is the middle part, well, part of the funnel where you 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 try to appeal to those people who are sort of in that consideration phase and uh, shorten their list uh, of brands or products and then you have the the kind of the conversion phase where you you're pulling in people who have a high degree of intent to purchase um think of uh, yourself as someone who's maybe um, already knows that they're going to go on a vacation to Florida and uh, they're looking for plane tickets and uh, you know Delta is going to want 
to make sure that you buy tickets from them rather than from a competitor, right? So um, three stages of the funnel, it hasn't changed in decades. That's, uh, that's still, I think, generally true. Um, and uh, I think the great, the great kind of fallacy of the last uh, decade of uh, digital marketing is that you don't really have to focus on those uh, on that top part of the funnel. That's, I think, what uh, Jennifer is referring to, Jennifer Hyman in her, um, in her interview. And um, I think that the tools that have been become available uh, through platforms like Facebook or Google or other digital platforms that make it so easy to try and identify people who are in that bottom of the funnel stage because they send so much, such a high and strong intent signal, um, they've tended to really suck all the oxygen out of um, um, kind of the marketing thinking and force the organizations or really not even force the organizations made it, I think, exceedingly easy for organizations to justify continuous investment into that into that part of the process. Um, and less and less time, money and attention has has been going towards um, that other part of the funnel, which I, I would argue is where um, winners are separated from losers. Yeah, I think I think that's great. That's a great point. I think <clears throat> um, when you and I think you brought it up with the plane tickets, I think the airline industry is a really great example of where price matters and switching makes it being able to switch is really, really easy. And they commoditize themselves. They drove themselves down to what's the cheapest fare that I can offer for someone to come back in. And you got to the point where, you know, dollars were making a difference between, you know, five and nine dollars. We're going to be someone goes to a different airline. Um, but they're now coming back with, you know, brand positioning and what makes it different and why is your airline more important? And I think the how people feel about your brand uh, will sway people and i think what you do with performance advertising if you don't have brand advertising is you become a commodity and you yeah. have to keep the hamster wheel of advertising running otherwise you turn it off people forget who you are because you become just a thing that you buy and not a thing that you want to be part of and i think that's where brand advertising is able to um cement itself in your personality and, and how you project yourself to the world like people buy things because of how it makes them feel for what the brand stand for, how it makes other people see the things that they're buying. Um, you know, Patagonia, for example, has a very strong uh, brand positioning and people buy that brand because of their commitment to um, uh, making the world greener and a better place to live. And if they stopped all advertising, that's what people re would remember them for. Whereas a lot of these D2C brands they don't have that because they're spending all of their money in, in making sales. <clears throat> and I think pitting the two against each other and not being able to measure brand as much as you can measure performance is, uh, is where I think it. a lot of people who are not seasoned marketers um, tend to see the numbers come in and you see the people spending and you see the revenue and you go, is LTV higher than cost per acquisition? And if it is, you're winning. Yeah, I uh, think that it's. I, I well, first of all, everything that you've said, I agree with. I, I think that um, the challenge 
companies and especially a kind of a newer breed of companies have uh, sort of maybe in, I, I don't even want to say encountered. I think it's I think honestly, it's just kind of a lack of potentially intellectual curiosity or just the belief that uh, advertising above the line advertising is is a worthwhile investment maybe stems from a couple of different places. One is, um, well, it's expensive, obviously. And uh, a lot of these, uh, a, a lot of the new, newer companies that we're probably referencing, the ones that have come into existence post the financial crisis, right? Um, they, they came of age when um, goals were all around efficiency. And, and it was easier to build up a performance marketing muscle especially with these new tools that were coming coming online like facebook and google and uh, self-serve tools where you can have it all in-house right but also think about it this way many of these brands um you know from 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 google itself all the way down to you know the rent rent the runways of the world were technology companies and for um a technology company with technology-minded founders having a technology uh, based kind of marketing um, approach uh, felt a lot more native because you could you could understand it you could you could treat it along the same lines as you did um, kind of the build out of your of your product uh, you know it was easier to tie uh, metrics that um, your business relied on to um, optimize the performance of the website or the app to what the actual bottom of the line performance marketing was doing or below the line. And so um, I think it just kind of fused very nicely uh, with that with that mindset and became a, a favorite tool. I think it's noticeable too. We even like discussed this um, on the heels of the Super Bowl last year, which was the Crypto Bowl, if you remember uh, how the yeah. how some uh, of the crypto bros uh, were gloating that, you know, they issued agencies and did all the work themselves and you know which was false obviously <clears throat> coinbase but uh <clears throat> coinbase. yeah but i think it also speaks to the i uh to this belief that advertising in general is uh, annoying it's disruptive it's um it's a waste of money all right because we know that uh, when done poorly that's exactly what advertising the kind of experience advertising delivers, right? So unlike what I saw yesterday and felt yesterday, which was this kind of fondness for the message these brands were communicating alongside the start of the Women's World Cup, you know, most of the advertising out there is pretty, you know, pretty trash, to be honest. And I think uh, you can't expect greatness in, uh, in, in every single ad. Uh, and so I think the, the belief was, you know, it's, it's a waste, it's a waste of money because of what, people um, making these decisions have been experiencing themselves is just kind of a horrible advertising product. You know, I think it was a byproduct of that old media mindset where agencies and, uh, and creative types were just kind of ch just churning out uh, stuff to fill, uh, to, um, to fill their quotas. So um, yeah, it's uh, there's, there are reasons for, I think why, um, why we fell into this trap, but what I think what we're finding is um Advertising on Facebook and Google has got way more expensive than before. Um, yeah. So those cost efficiencies that people thought they um, they could forever have, they don't they don't exist anymore. Um, the reason it got more expensive is because there's way more competition since everyone is playing in the same uh, in the same pool. 
um, we are living in a total attention economy. So um, the frequency of messaging that's bombarding people uh, increase as they increasingly opt out of receiving advertising um, is also not making things easier. Um, and so what do you do? Um, I think you and I have seen in the last several years questions um, start starting to pop up around how do we ma maintain historical efficiency in the you know in the face of all of these challenges rising costs people tuning out ad blockers um, obviously the government moving in with um, with privacy protection rules that are degrading targeting with Apple doing their part in in in, in the same sort of field um, and the conversation around the value of brand and awareness I think is starting to rise again uh, something that I think you and I I distinctly remember uh, an episode where you and I went to meet with a travel startup and I think they point blank basically told us that they didn't, they did not believe in anything other than performance marketing and I um, oh yes and uh, yes. I, 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 I think very much to to that to that day in that conversation when I see you know generally good advertising for booking.com or for VRBO and how you know how these brands just go on into a totally different like level of uh, of perception people know that they stand for something and like they become um, you know they become the kind of brand that you type into your browser or download the app without having to have any additional prompts i think that's what awareness does it's like oh yeah my like my byline for booking travel is booking.com because like that's what they do that like that their brand advertising uh, tells me that and i think in many instances you actually have your brand advertising if done well works so hand in glove with performance that you can't even spot the difference like you 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 nurture people through that through that uh funnel in such a careful and considered way that they know that your brand is the go-to brand for renting a house booking travel you know or whatever other thing that you might be considering buying i think the the latest verbo ads are really good i think they you know they're they are coming up against an incumbent uh, and I think how they have positioned themselves, especially with the, the houses, um, always your own or something like that. Yeah. And I think it's just a really, what they've done is in their app, in the, in their brand focused messaging is really sell you the feeling of being on a, on a holiday, not trying to sell you on the houses that they have available. Right. And you know, there's a, there's a time and a place for that messaging. So coming back to your funnel you know, you need to want to look into it uh, and you want to be part of that ecosystem that they're building. So like Verbo is a place for you and your family to go and it's the kids and the grandparents and it's all you in one house together. So you never have to worry about, you know, other people, you know, renting a room in a house and there being other weird people there. But then if you look at like Airbnb and they've basically gone from a startup which was only doing performance to saying we don't do any performance advertising whatsoever anymore it's all brand yeah and you can do that when you have 10 years 12 years of 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 awareness because you've been around and you become the de facto you know the hoover of the uh room uh room stay uh category and i think it's a really weird way for them to say 
you know, we've basically maxed out performance and we don't have a brand that people want to come back to because, and I think this is what happened as well as they, they got too big for their britches and all of the fees that people were charging. So a hundred dollar room per night is going to be 400 bucks after your service fee, cleaning fee, host fee. And I think their, their brand wasn't uh, standing up to their reputational damage and they really had to fix that. And I think that's where if you're only, if you're only focusing on performance, your brand does not hold up because people don't care about you as a brand or what you what you stand for because you don't stand for anything. I got a quote from uh, another article, which we'll do another podcast on, uh, Harvard Business Review, how brand building and performance marketing can work together. And one of their quotes was from one of their clients that they were working with. We're great at performance marketing, but our brand sucks. And I think that that's what happens to a lot of brands who who come of age in the uh, right now in the digital economy where buying performance advertising is basically creating a Facebook account, loading it with a thousand bucks and saying, send this ads to this group of people and off you go. Easy peasy. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I think that there's always going to be some number of people who are in market for uh, a pair of sh performance shorts or uh, you know, a new gadget or, you know, a new stay. And if you are, you know, targeting them, you, you might have a chance of hoovering up that, that demand, but what do you do beyond, beyond that? Um, very easy to get, very easy to convert demand. And, uh, obviously in the case of, you know, Airbnb, once you become an adjective or a, or a verb, um, you sort of achieve the kind of escape velocity as a brand that allows you to do the types of things that other brands can't afford to do, right? Like I've even heard, I was um, staying, we stayed at a Verbo recently and uh, the owner said that they Airbnb, uh, they Airbnb on Verbo, something along those lines. So like the air, the <laughs> yeah. renting the house to tenants for short-term stays has just become Airbnb, right? So like the way we say we Google something or we Xerox something. Yeah. So most brands aren't in a position to- Do you still Xerox uh, things? You still Xerox? <laughs> Sometimes when I have to fax things. Um, so uh, what I was going to say is that most brands don't have the luxury of that, right? And I think yeah. the best, I think the best Kind of case studies are from challenger brands. Um, I, I think you 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 were very right in sort in sort of identifying Verbo as a challenger brand, and I and I think challenger brands um, are the ones who probably think about these types of things more critically because they don't have the the dominant position, and so they have to expand um, kind of expand the playing field uh, on which they can uh, then harvest demand, and um, you know, Jen Hyman uh, or Jen, I, I don't know her, so Jennifer. Hyman, um, you know, she uh, she said a really interesting um, thing. She said that what what happens uh, was all these startups, the ones who were not investing into awareness, uh, they were uh, they wasted an incredible amount of time and money building these growth departments that were just pushing chess pieces around the board. And the chess analogy is a really good one because, um, you know, marketers might feel that they were making gains and capturing 
some part of the market share capturing an enemy's piece, but they never actually grew their own side, right? So you're never actually expanding outside of that finite existing demand that I mentioned earlier. And so I think that's what ends up happening with a lot of these startups, especially um, ones who are playing in super commoditized spaces or super competitive spaces that you run out of the existing demand, you run out of those kind of loyalists, and then what do you do, right? Um, and I don't think that most of them are thinking very holistically about this because what I'm hearing is, oh, we'll just supercharge our influencer strategy. You know, that's that's a component of your marketing mix, but like, where does it fit? Like, are you looking for them to push sales through discount codes? Because I think that's what a lot of startups, especially D2C e-commerce startups do. Or are you looking for them to actually create awareness of your brand and sustain it? I think that's the other key piece. Sustaining it is expensive and it's it's laborious and it takes commitment and faith that your strategy is right because anyone can spend a hundred thousand dollars in a you know or a few million dollars in the case of <coughs> coinbase on a super bowl ad right and uh, wave your flag once and uh feel like you've done something cool but it's a sustained uh presence you know mcdonald's and coke and um you know toyota like they sustain this kind of uh, market share because they are sustaining their brand awareness and they're everywhere from stadiums to your TV sets, to your phones, to uh, even like local PeeWee teams, you know. So it's the sustained sustained um, kind of approach that is very, very hard to justify as an organization, but it's the missing critical piece from most of these struggling organizations kind of thinking. And I think this brings us to measurement. Uh, one thing that you've brought up in, in, in your point is that it becomes really hard, you know, hard to measure brand, the impact of brand advertising. Um, I hear the same thing. And um, people say that, well, we feel like it's wasted dollars because it cannot be measured. And I just say bullshit. It's it's not Bullshit. it's 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 absolutely hard to measure because it cannot be done through placing a pixel on your landing page and letting Facebook or Google do the job for you but it's 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 there like the science of how you measure brand impact is very much a known science you're you you just have to have the right people which you probably don't have you have to have investment in measurement which again you probably don't do and you have to have the belief as an organization that this is an important important investment category which you probably haven't gotten to at this point if if you're if, if you still haven't done it yet in order to actually have that in place but brand the the impact of brand advertising of awareness is absolutely quantifiable yeah it it is and i think you just you said it it's difficult to do and most people don't do it because it's much easier to much easier to do tell what does facebook and google tell me of how many sales that i've got um but i think yeah i think this is something that me also in more newer startups if you're going to invest your next dollar in in headcount and in and in uh working dollars uh it's going to be in something that's you can point to and say i did this and it drove x revenue 
and you probably won't get fired for that. If you run a brand campaign and you don't have the right measurement, you don't know you don't know what you're measuring, then you spend the money and if you come back with nothing or your sales don't do anything, you probably won't you probably won't survive that. So it's easier and safer to do the thing that's uh, going to be easier in the short term but worse in the long term. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 going to require uh, a change in thinking, but. Um, it's interesting to see the decisions um, companies like Airbnb have made or even what Jennifer Hyman says about her own experience where um, spending even 10% uh, of the money uh, of the marketing budget on performance seemed like in retrospect like overinvestment and you know here one can agree or disagree and and, and debate this probably based on also categories etc but performance marketing is actually just marketing and it needs to be seen as part of the overall as part of the overall um, investment part of the overall strategy and um, there are actually functions within performance marketing that I wouldn't even necessarily call marketing they are um, kind of table stakes like conversion rate optimization like um, uh, testing frameworks for you know which uh, which call to actions work better etc like all of that is um, a super tactical work that should not be thought of as um, kind of your go-to markets, like your go-to marketing strategy. It's 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 a set of tactics that should be very much a focus. But we should not kid ourselves. This is not this is not what makes for a holistic um, uh, marketing approach. So uh, my it's it's also not new. Like we were doing direct mail you know, a hundred years ago, people were sending out letters to people to get them to buy stuff. So direct, direct mail or, uh, or, um, direct TV buys, right. Uh, all of those, uh, all of those things. Yeah. They're code TV 10. Yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of the radio advertising exactly with with those kinds of calls, calls to action, they've just become, um, you know, sexier because now instead of some, um, you know, not, you know, shady network, uh, it's uh, it's now being done through you know Google or Facebook, and so it, it feels like it's uh, it's very different and and and, um, and revolutionary. But it's not. You're right. It's it, it's something that's been done before. Um, and again, um, something you and I have harped on before, and um, we've had a bunch of guests who've said as much. With when all else is equal, creative is creative is what's going to um, win the day, and you cannot have great performance marketing creative you can have great creative that lives in all aspects of your advertising including in your performance marketing but you cannot have just great performance marketing creative breach so absolutely correct so i think in conclusion um i agree i I agree with uh with what Jennifer um, ends on, she says the funnel um, in in the last decade has become inverted, and um, what's 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 been the bottom of the funnel has now sucked up most of the oxygen, most of the most of the budgets. I think if you're if you listen to this show, this episode, and you think, okay, well, I'm going to allocate 10% of my budget now to awareness, you've learned nothing. Um, the idea here is that you need to think of this. Um, in much more strategic terms and 
generally your your investment into above the line advertising has to be a lot higher than uh, than ten percent. Um, but I, it, I think I think that's a really interesting point because it's like depending on where you are and what you need to do, because like if you need to if you're going to break it down, let's say you're just national, you're just in the US, you can see like which of the areas are you selling things in where you don't have high rec- brand recognition, invest there. And then where you have loyalists, you can just do more of the, the performance advertising. So it's like really comes down to where do you have to grow your brand and where do you have to not grow your brand because you're they're already aware of you, where you have to sustain it. So your mix can be different throughout the u.s well i i alex i i i agree but with a caveat that i think it depends on um on what category you are in and um how much competition there is and also what what we might be you know what someone might think of as above the line advertising which is you know um tv or out of home or print in some categories might be paying to get more prominent shelf space in the supermarket you know to elevate the carton of um, goods that you're selling to eye level, you know, like that might be your, your investment, um, that you choose to retail store versus, you know, online store or both. Yeah. Yeah. So, but awareness is there to, uh, to, to reach, you know, the broadest addressable market that, that you want to reach. And that's going to be the most number of people. And to reach the most number of people generally requires the most amount of um, investment thinking. And you're right, like it, it can it can be segmented and you don't need to go after everyone all the time. But there could be phases during the year where you heavy up on that. Um, some brands choose to do this, you know, two or three times a year where they really kind of lean into this and then have have kind of the echo of this or the halo effect of this play through their performance marketing for the rest of the year. You know, you don't have to be Pepsi and Coke um, with brand advertising on all the time. You can be much more nuanced about this, absolutely. And most brands will probably have to be uh, and should be. Um, but it's not It's not going to be a 5 or 10% of your marketing budget. It's no. just not. No way. Absolutely not. All right, my friend. Well, this was, this was fun. Um, We wish everyone success with their overall marketing strategies. And uh, until next time. Until next time.